Hello, and welcome to The Updown. I'm your host, Courtney Bradley. The Updown is a place where business owners can learn how to create kick-ass workspace where their people and their company thrive. Uh, today's nice. guest, Rachel, you're always a breath of fresh air. I always feel refreshed and like invigorated after talking to you. So I'm excited. I hope all the guests that will means, feel that way after listening to that it. That means a lot. Yeah. Me too. I know. Me too. I know. Um, okay, so I'm going to read your bio here. And I pulled some of it oh, okay. from various sources. I am very oh, good at I'm very good at my research. Um, okay. So it said here that you have 17 over 17 years leading uh, through change, designing experiential workshops, and developing people into their best selves. That's good stuff. You are a knowledge seeker, intentionally looking for ways to grow and expand yourself, your business, your clients, and their businesses. Um, you have a strong curiosity and the ability to listen in a way that deepens understanding and grows awareness. You've spent your life observing the way leaders interact with their people, and you are especially drawn to what connects people both to themselves and to others and what leads to the disconnection between those people. And I can vouch for the listening part. I remember the very first time that we sat down and had coffee over at the Ox and uh -huh, just uh -huh. I felt immediately connected with you, which was awesome. So, and here we are a few years later. Yeah. Still collaborating and doing fun things. Um, it also says here that your work has spanned uh, nearly every role from project manager to founder uh, and that your passion fires up when it comes to people growing and leading in healthy ways with clarity and momentum being two of your favorite things. It's all good stuff. All true. Yes. All true. Excellent. Why do I have to say over 17 years? Like wow, you're always reaching to be more <laughs> so like, like, listen, people, I got, I got some chops. That's I, just what I'm going to say. Yes. No, it's true. I just looked at my, um, I was do, updating my bio, right? And uh -huh. I had put on there, I've been in some form of like sales or consulting or whatever we want to call it since I was 17. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. when I add those numbers up, I'm like, this is, <laughs> am I this old? Right. I don't think I'm this old, but apparently I am. I know it's like in your bio, you have to stretch it to right. fill that whole space. But in any other thing, you want to be a little bit less. Yeah, yeah. I'm young. Old than I'm you are. Young, I promise. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, so why don't we start with you telling us how you got interested in people and culture? Oh man, you know it's always been in me. So my dad is my dad is a former pastor, therapist, social worker. So like people, people has kind of been, that's, it's been in my blood. I think I was born that way. Um, but particularly watching, growing up and watching um, community develop and like how leadership leadership drove how community developed and and honestly watching my dad as a pastor be so inauthentic <laughs> with one set of people and somebody else at home like being seeing that tension in him right because to me it wasn't like i didn't think oh i don't like my dad he's fake well, I did probably when i was a teenager but of course not i mean i loved my dad and i thought well that doesn't 
it doesn't seem like he's getting to be himself. Right. But you saw that yeah. at a young age that something was off about that, that that didn't seem yes, natural and, and it didn't seem no. comfortable. And then my mom, who was thrown into this role as pastor's wife, which is a, <laughs> like a serious sort of role. Of course. And she is not a people person. Like she doesn't, she'd rather be playing, you know, playing a puzzle or right. reading a book than talking to someone. Oh, wow. So, you know, she was in this role that again was creating all this tension inside of her. And you, and it was just watching that. I think, you know, I've thought about what, what led me to this. And I think it is just watching people be in certain roles that just don't, work for them but then they stay in them and it creates this weird stuff that doesn't feel good to anybody and well then that's you know, reflected why, why are we doing that in everything from job performance to home life to just their comfort within themselves so that's a big deal yes. <laughs> it is a big deal it is a big deal and i recently you know with all this stuff going on particularly the the raid of the um capital i i had an opportunity to process that a, a bit with some community and what i realized is i have this intense feeling that leaders should be now i'm gonna should because i <laughs> shooting on people is never good and so i'm just gonna acknowledge <laughs> it's not a good thing that i but it's shooting like i have this people. underlying thing that leaders should be healthy and making good decisions and wise and they should be the people that we can look up to right you know and it's not they're also people like experiencing you, that, all sorts of things as well <laughs> it's yeah that is an unhealthy expectation that i have but i think it also has fueled which is why i i don't consider myself so much a, a leadership developer I really consider myself a culture developer because I'm like, as a leader, show up, do your work, do whatever you need, have your coach, have your support people, do your work so you can show up and do this culture work. Right. Well, 100%. I think it's, you know, I've said it before, other people have said it before, that culture is driven top down. So if you have mm -hmm. leaders who are either being inauthentic, they want their culture to be one way, but they're living it in another, that's not gonna work. Um, if you have someone who just doesn't care about the culture, uh, but they talk and say they do, I just, you know, you have to, it has to be a leadership driven effort. So yeah. what do you yeah. think um, that leaders, so obviously last year was a big year <laughs> in many, many, you know, uh, situations. So coronavirus, social issues, uh, injustices going on, um, a crazy election. So there's just a lot going on. So do you, have you seen a push in leaders acknowledging that their role as a leader of an organization has now really become important for them to take care of their people and to build that supportive culture? I, I think, yes, I think there has been at least what I experienced was a, a desire to, to really hear their people and, and what do they, what do they need? Although I would say even bigger than that was 
this feeling from leaders of I really don't know what to do now. Like, I don't know what to do. Right. And that's this where you come in. So, <laughs> right. So much. This right. is so big and so much. Yeah. Well, it is that, so big and so that, much. It's, it you know, is. I manage a small team. I mean, there's, you know, just a few of us and it's overwhelming for me at times. I mean, I think we have a pretty good grasp on who we are and, and I, I try to do that supportive culture and I, and I do think that I live that, but I can't even imagine of what it would be like to have 50, 100, 500 employees and how you wrap your mind around that. Yeah. So what it is so much. Well, and I think what it comes from, for me, I mean, it's not just one thing, right? I mean, that's the thing with culture work is you've got every person adding to the culture. Yes. So it's complex. And not only do you have all these people adding to the culture, you have all the things that they're bringing. Oh, yes. To the culture. So it, <laughs> all the it's, baggage. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's really complex, which makes it um, super fun and challenging. Right. But I think the reality that you you are not in control of anything. You can't control anything. And the real and so one, you can't control anything. The only thing you can control is your own reactions, your own, you know, responses. And um, that is really hard when you're trying to manage. I mean, I'm with you. I I'm a company of one, and I collaborate with lots of people, but I don't have to manage, um, you know, teams. I am, I am president of a nonprofit board where I manage a team, but, you know, having so many employees under you just, you know, I, I hope that the more people you manage, you realize the less in control you actually, right, right. You, less in control you actually are. That is definitely um, But that's case. one piece. And the other piece is really for, for people-centric, heart-centric, you know, culture-centric leaders, the reality that you're not going to be able to meet everybody where they are. Right. It, you, it's, it's a great thing to be moving toward, but you, not everyone is going to be happy all the time. Right. Of course. And you just have to acknowledge that and work within those parameters. Yeah. Well, which is why you have values and purpose. Of course. Because our value is not, hopefully our value is not happiness. Right. <laughs> right. That is really hard. That will so be tricky. May, you know, it, it goes back to like, what you were talking about, I feel like was integrity. Like if our value is integrity, then we can at least be, you know, reaching for that, even if we're unhappy. Right. That's good. Sounds good. So Even why if we're out of control. <laughs> so why don't you tell us about um, Mosaic and your process and what it it's like to work with you? Mm-hmm. So the reason why Mosaic is part of my company name, and it's also something I've used over the last few years for series, different series and things. I went through this. Well, so I mentioned I'm president of the board of this nonprofit, and the nonprofit is an organization that puts on um, immersive experiences to help you eradicate your own shame so you can choose wholehearted and authentic living. Okay. And um, in, that, in that experience, 
I had one of the exercises as I experienced you as you share with somebody how you experience them. And I had someone tell me that they experienced, (laughs) I know for real. And I had someone tell me they experienced me as a stained glass window with a smudge and that all I could focus on was the smudge. (laughs) I didn't see any beauty. I just saw what was wrong. And that, I mean, obviously I remember that that was 10 years ago and it's still, and so the mosaic reminds me of all of these pieces. It reminds me of that story. It reminds me that we're all pieces together. Right. Um, you know, that can become something beautiful. So my process really, what I've recognized is that my process is really about stopping and getting still Mm -hmm. and then listening to what comes up in that space. And what the magic of that is that what comes up in that space has so much energy and momentum around it. It's really clarity, right? You find in that space, you find clarity and it creates this momentum. And so that's really, that's really the essence of my work is helping teams and people find their way to enough stillness and space that they do hear some clarity about next steps or where they want to go or what to do about a certain situation. Right. Um, and then how they, you know, how I, how they, how they get there, how they actually want to actualize that. So, and that's not a one and done thing. Kind of like you said, there's no one thing that's culture. This isn't a one time process that all of a sudden nailed it and you're on to the next thing. Right. Um, It is a practice, definitely a practice. So what do you see as the biggest, is there a theme that you always kind of see within most organizations? Are there cultural things that, you know, company culture wise that are kind of always around and issues that Mm -hmm. many companies face? Yeah. Well, Frank, you mentioned Frank. Frank calls them ghost values. What are they? But ghost yeah, ghost I mean, values? Ghost values. Okay. So I, I, I think, and what that points to is that there's a lot of, if you're not always mindful that there's stuff that you don't know, mm-hmm. if, even for yourself, that there are behaviors you have that you haven't even become aware of yet. Right. Um, there are so many people operating with, I, I think I have it figured out. Like we've got it. Right. And, <laughs> and that is, that's a red flag. Um, but, but also I think that there is so much fear. There is so much fear at the base. I mean, it goes back to control, right? There's of so course. much fear, fear in, in, of everything that um it play I mean it plagues companies absolutely um and it is scary let me say that differently it doesn't plague the company it does plague the company but but really like what is the company without the people of course it plagues the people terribly and then the company suffers because of that suffers yes right um what do you what what do you think has been the biggest disruptor that's coming that's caused upheaval out of 2020 do you think it was coronavirus do you think it was the social justice you know 
what what do you can you pinpoint to one thing and say that that you think this is going to impact the most well because of my natural process of getting still and finding some space and listening um that was the big thing that i saw was that we had to stop people had to stop <laughs> once once it became this is real and and everybody needs to lock down and right. be safe um that that forcing people to stop i think opened to me how i would say it is that then opened us up you know we had to we had some space now right to reckon Forced with space <laughs> yes yes i mean it's like okay and now we can have a little some more clarity around the racial injustice that has been right you know now we can see that with fresh eyes now we can kind of fuel our discomfort with these political divides right like it was to me that space and if we did if we did the space well or if we did the space in unhealthy ways that's what fueled the rest of right. the year i mean if i just from my lens that's what i would say right i think that kind of my thought on it too is that that time that we stopped did open up the opportunity for more conversations around culture and around health and wellness, um, especially mental health. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of anxiety going around. I just found a brand new app that I'm going to write a little blog post about because I didn't know what it was about and I stumbled across it and I love it. <laughs> it's called unwinding and it's unwinding anxiety and it's not another meditation that. app, which is what I thought it was, but it's like a little guy on a video and there's science behind it and kind of you know, explain how to, you know, rework your habit loop so that you're not building on your anxiety. Yeah, no, it's really cool. <laughs> so, that, I'll be you know, what's so true. I mean, anxiety has, I have suffered from anxiety for years. In fact, after my, so my youngest is eight and it was after, it was during my pregnancy with her and after that it was severe anxiety. And it's like, I tried all the things I try. I tried right. medication. I tried breathing. <laughs> yeah. I, try, I mean, I tried everything, but I what it was. I was mired down into it. Like yeah. I was. No, it's interesting. In relationship, of course. Well, and I think a lot of people don't yeah. quite. Maybe there's many people out there that don't understand exactly what anxiety is. They think I don't have any anxiety, and then once you see like the symptoms and the you know, physical reactions that you are having, yeah. um, you're like, oh my gosh, I, am, I do have anxiety. And so it's just, it was a very interesting thing. I'm only, you know, a couple days into it, but I was already blown away by the fact that it's not just a meditation app. It's literally teaching you how to rework your brain so that you are acknowledging when you're having anxious thoughts and things like that. So. I thought it was yeah. cool. I mean, what you're talking about is awareness, which is yes, the whole that's what <laughs> thing. Like, that's the whole thing. I mean, I remember, oh my God, Courtney. So when in, in this like anxiety time, I thought, well, maybe I have a heart condition. Yes. You know, maybe like <laughs> something's, maybe I have a heart condition. And so I went to this cardiologist, which I don't need, I don't know if he was really a cardiologist. <laughs> he was more like this guru, spiritual guy. And he was like, listen, 
what you're, he's like, I'll do whatever test you want me to do, but what you're experiencing is stress in your body. <laughs> and you need to learn how to deal with stress. Yeah, you're going to have to work that out. Because it's only going to get worse. And I was like, oh, this is what's, Oh, this, this is, is what stress, stress feels yes. like. And I had no, I didn't have a felt sense. I mean, I knew I probably, I was a person, I probably had stress, but I didn't, I wasn't aware until that moment of that these physical things were actually manifestations stress of stress. Yes. Yes. And I Which also, then I was like, oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Well, I always, yeah. I definitely get physical. Like I get, when I'm super stressed out, I get what I call stress neck. <laughs> and it's like, mm -hmm. I can't, it's, there's no movement and it's painful. And then I have to go get like 20 massages to help get it worked out. But I have to stop and be like, you're causing this yourself. This is yes. you're just absorbing everything and you're not letting anything go <laughs> or it, I'm piling more and more is, on myself. So yeah, like kind of running from it almost. I think that's, it, I am doing the same thing, like being more and more mindful of leading up to like what's leading up, paying attention to, I have an opportunity right now, now to shift this. Yes. It doesn't have to get into stress neck. Right, like, right. I, oh, it's I'm horrible. I'm moving toward that right now. But I, you know what, for me last year was, for just personally was really learning how to take care of myself in that. Like I know, I now know after last year what inflammation feels like in my body. And that's what my neck thing right. is, is when I'm eating too many things that cause inflammation in my body, then my neck starts hurting. So I have control over it. You I do mean, have control, control over that. it. And now you found that out. And, so that's good. And, yes. And so now it's just choosing, choosing the right things, which is also difficult sometimes. Oh <laughs> sometimes it's hard it's, to choose yeah. the things that, you know, sometimes they're not as much fun, but oh my no, god, which scales up. I mean, I think, you know, the reality is this all scales up. like me, like my recognition and, and awareness of myself then scales to my family and my business and my clients. And, you know, hopefully impacts everything positively. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, we've come to the portion, the one up, one business up that you've experienced and one business down. Oh, my God. <laughs> one business up and one business down. God. I know. So hard. Okay. Well, I see, here's part of my problem. Like, I make every down and up. <laughs> Well, that's good. Okay. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. I do that. Actually, okay, I think so that's incredible. Let's talk about that because there is always oh, an up from a down. So that's, that's good. It's, it's true. The bounce back. Yes. Is really great. Yes. Um, I think one of the biggest downs for me was, um, I experienced some downs. So my husband and I had a business for 10 years together and because I was contorting myself to be what the business and he needed, there were some major downs. Right. And I think right before I decided to leave um, the business in his hands, I, um, it felt very down because I felt trapped. Of course. I mean, and that's I a horrible like, way to feel. Um, yeah, I'm unhappy, um, but this thing's not going to go without me. Right. As if. Right. Um, 
you know, which was just to keep me, my tethered, just keeping yes. me safe. So that, that was a big down. I think also, I will say when, when I was early on coaching and trying to find the balance of challenging people and kind of being compassionate. Oh my gosh. I called this one guy out so hard in coaching <laughs> and he went to his boss who was my client and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh my God. Okay. Sorry. This is going downhill I fast. Too hard, too fast. Sorry. 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 That was like, okay. Okay. Lesson learned. Right. Lesson learned. Um, but an up, I think one of my most recent ups was uh, last so in in July last year is when I actually launched Mosaic Collaborative, okay. which was my very own. I mean, I've always supported, I've always been the support, you know, the right. wind behind the wings. <laughs> and um, so that like it was so scary and exciting and um, you know invigorating actually. Yeah. To step out on my own and then be speaking, like to be speaking my truth and people say, yeah, that's, I get that. That's that does awesome. matter. Like, it I does. pay for that. Yes. Well, and that's even better. <laughs> yes. yes. Yay. So then you get to Always do what good. you love. Yes. And pay yeah. the bills. That's yeah. very important. Yeah. Very important. Well, what have I not asked you? Is there something I missed? That's a good question. Courtney. I always ask at the end of every, because I'm sure there's something, you know, I'm not a professional. Well, you know, I just want to, because I'm, I'm speaking to culture. I think something that came, I'm collaborating with a friend of mine who's leadership develop, leadership developer, you know, executive coach, very, I mean, wonderful, amazing person. And what I realized um, talking to her was leadership development is pretty black and white. I mean, you have outcomes and there are skills that you develop and practices you develop and you, you know, there's awareness of yourself, but it's really, it's kind of a linear process. Right. You know, I mean, and culture development. So, so this is where we were sort of because I was like, why are you being so worried about what we're going to do? I'm like, we're just going to go with the flow. Right. Culture is so much messier <laughs> and require it's uncertain. I mean, you to do culture work, you are stepping into uncertainty. Right. And so I think that would be the only thing I would want to put that seed into the minds of of anybody, because it doesn't matter whether it's personal culture or organizational culture. Um, if you if you are willing to be intentional with your culture work, you're, what you're saying is I'm willing to step into uncertainty. Right. I love it. I feel like mm -hmm. that's a good clip. Yeah. That's a good sound bite right there. Oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, I do want to say one announcement because we will be getting together again in February for a table talk, which I'm excited yes. about. Um, and we're going to be talking about these things and then adding an element of diversity and, and inclusion, having uh, a three-person table the talk with Kiana Sinks. So Kiana yeah, Sinks. it's uh -huh. going to be a good one. I'm excited about it. So, all right. Thank you so much. What a way to start. Thank you're the first, you you're the first time. official recorded guest of the year. So ah, that's exciting. Yes. Ah, yeah. 2021. 2021. We're starting off right. I love like I said, breath of fresh I air. It. I love it. Yay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you again. Did you like today's topic? Like, share, and subscribe. 
If you know of a person or a company that's killing it in their space, send us an email to podcast at trilogy.life. Thank you for listening. Until next time.